Hi, my name is Farron, and you're listening to Hungry for Apples podcast. Please connect with me on YouTube and TikTok at mystic underscore Farron. And you can find me on Instagram at Farron. And my website is Farron.me. Grab an apple and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Thank you for tuning in to Hungry for Apples. I don't know about you, but lately I've been thinking a lot about energy. Now, those of you that listen to this podcast know that I talk about energy all the time, but I feel as though there's some information that we all kind of take for granted or maybe assume that other people know or understand or even interested in. So although I'm into or interested in learning about the science behind energy, and I find the way things are described in the energetic energy healing sphere, if they include proper use of scientific terms. Now, I don't think that the terms are required, but understanding of what you're talking about, I feel is a little bit getting lost in the shuffle here because there are a lot of people teaching people, which I really love. I think that's great. But some of those people don't know what they're talking about. And they're passing along information without any sustenance. There's missing information and although I don't really want to get into the background on that specifically I want to speak about an area of energy where I actually started my interest from because it's very different than most people in the I'm doing air quotes right now I'm saying new age community air quoted because I'm not a part of that, although some of the things I do are now lumped into that community. So just keep that in mind. But anyhow, where they come from, I have no idea. Maybe the mystics, right? Even though I am very mystical, I am mystic by definition, just by existing. But I never followed any of those teachings until after all of the yoga stuff. So becoming interested in energy for me is directly associated with the body because I came from the yoga sphere. And although I do lean on yoga philosophy, notice that word there, philosophy, I do consider yoga to be a metaphysical practice, that we are participating in the metaphysical action of our body. And when you think about that, that means that we're communing with a particular type of energy that's more easily accessed, let's say, when you're in practice of doing so. And that energy you might know 
You might have heard some of these words before, like life force or chi. And in the yogic sphere, this would be the word prana. I find it very interesting because, first of all, depending on where you look, because they, it's brought up in different scriptures, it's brought up in Upanishads, and it's brought up again in Gita and in Yoga Sutras and in a number of things. And now I'm not sure where this definition came from, but I've, it's the one that's stuck in my head. So if you think about an energy that is in and around everything, right? They say originating from the sun and all element elements originate from it. Prana. Let's read a short definition. Prana in us. This is from the Prashna Upanishad. Prana is born of the self like a man in his shadow. The self and prana are inseparable. Prana enters the body at birth that the desires of the mind continuing from past lives may be fulfilled. So life force, right? But the life force, this is something important to keep in mind. This life force, although we are discussing it in association, an association with the body, this life force goes through everything. Every plant, every animal. It's not just us. It's really egocentric to think that it's just us. We're all originating from the same elements. So I'm going to read a short passage from the Upanishads for Awakening. It's an explanation of the little passage I just, re just read. Just as the cosmos is an extension of the consciousness that is Brahman, in the same way our individual prana is the extension of our self, Atman. It is inseparable from the self because it is the self. It is the authentic non-duality of the Upanishads, not a negation or a denial of either Prakriti or Prana. So there's not a separation. Seeing them as separate from spirit and therefore dual, not acknowledging their intimate reality is the error. So when you're looking at these things, especially with Prana, there has to be an understanding that even though it's presented as what would be observed as a duality, it's not that. It is dual in existence. They cannot be separated. Prana provides the continuity between our present and past lives. It is also the force that enables the continuation of our evolution from past lives and carries us through this present life and future one as well. Prana truly is life itself. So this is where it's so interesting. Life force is life. Our energy, our movement 
everything going and coming, expanding and contracting, that is our life. Our interaction with this is a connection and it cannot be separated with what our life is. Today for helpful quotes and passages, I'm reading from the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita by Swami Dayananda. And I'm reading from chapter two, number 70. I am not going to read the Sanskrit because I, I will just not want to disrespect it with my pronunciation. So I'm not doing that. So I'm going to read the two sentences, the translation of it, and then a very short commentary. Okay. The one into whom all desires enter as waters flow into the ocean, which remains unchanged and ever full, that one gains peace, and not the one who desires objects. Okay, so the commentary... The ocean remains ever the same. It does not flood when rivers pour into it, nor is it diminished when rivers cease to flow in. The ocean does not depend on any other source of water. All waters spring only from the ocean. Like the ocean, the wise man's heart is ever full. Whether or not the world cares for him, whether or not he gets what he wants, he is happy. His fullness does not depend on the arrival or departure of anything. In contrast, a person who depends upon objects in order to be happy will be elated by getting what he or she wants and depressed by not getting it. This sort of person is like a pond that dries up if the rains do not come and overflows when it is filled to the brim by one shower. The reason I like this passage is because I feel like it easily illustrates how we can contribute without having something like an object or finance to contribute. But I also know that that's kind of hard to stomach when you're having a hard time. So I would recommend actually reading the Gita but get one with good commentary. I personally prefer when I can see the Sanskrit. It makes me feel better. They don't all have that. Just keep that in mind. Okay, back to our show. For me, I find that it would be a good suggestion for people that have trouble with visualization. It's as if the air were permeating everything. Imagine, I know you, it's hard to visualize, but you know, you know what a color is, or you know what it's like to be inside a pool of water, being immersed, as if there's no separation between you and the water. You know how when you go underwater and you plug your ears, it's like a whole other thing? That's what I'm talking about. 
the times when you can't do anything but what your heart is telling you to you to do this is a direct interaction with the divine which connects you to the universe that you are so with prana it's interesting because we can then take it and apply it to the body not we it has been done in all of Tibetan medicine, Hinduism, in the tantras. It's given to us separated so that we can understand how our body interacts in every direction. This is the other part of the energy situation that I was talking about. It's one thing to know that you feel an energy or you feel like if you listen to the last podcast I did, it was a basic understanding of what it is to be energy aware when you um the example i used is when you can feel someone looking at you right but if you take that beyond the gut feeling that i talked about also and took it inside your body into the space within and really paid attention to the direction of every action on the inside of your system, you will more directly understand the interaction of your body with what is not within your system. So when someone walks into a crowded room and all of a sudden the energy changes, you'll feel that. You'll have a more direct understanding of what that is because you'll have such an intuitive view because your body will have this new respect that you've given it by paying attention to all of this direction that's always happening. Expansion, contraction, inhale, exhale. All of that stuff all of the time. You know, you sleep, it's still happening, right? So here, I'll give you the basic breakdown at some point soon, I'm going to go into this even further. But since this is a newer topic for me to speak about, I've also started talking about it on my social media. So if you do visit me on TikTok, TikTok please let me know that you've listened to the podcast and vice versa. Because... I find this really interesting and I'm trying to find more people that find this interesting. Okay. Okay, so here's the deal. The way the prana is categorized is by this thing, this thing, by something called vayus. Now what vayus, vayu translates as wind. So direction, right? Movement. And something else to keep in mind is prana is considered the basic value from where all these other ones originate. And I'm looking at a chart, which is from the Naya Sutra from the 6th to 10th century. And it is the association of all the values with the body. And I'm just going to read it off real simple. I'm not going to talk about it too much. So, of course, we're starting with prana, right? 
the origination. So the part of the body that this is associated with would be the head, the lungs, and the heart. And then they say something, they call the energy movement responsibility. That in and of itself is something I want you to take note of. It doesn't say movement directly, it says responsibility. This is what the area of energy is responsible for. Okay. So the movement for prana is inward and downward. That is the vital life force as we've been talking about. So a balanced prana is said to lead to a balanced and calm mind and emotions. That makes sense, right? So a pana, that's the next one down, lower abdomen. Movement, so the responsibility is, movement is outward and downward. It's related to the process of elimination, reproduction, and skeletal health. So the absorption of nutrients. Think about that, lower abdomen, right? Balanced upon it leads to a healthy and di healthy digestive and reproductive system. Udana. The location is the diaphragm and the throat. The responsibility is movement upward, related to respiratory function, speech, functioning of the brain. And when this area is balanced, this is healthy breathing, healthy and clarity of speech, healthy mind, good memory, creativity, all that stuff. And then we have samana. This is the navel, very specific. Movement is spiraled and it's concentrated, concentrated directly around the navel, like a churning motion. It's related to digestion on all levels. And this is where you have a healthy metabolism. So this energy in the body being healthy, you have a healthy metabolism. Sounds very much like um, what I, the little bit I know of Chinese medicine. But this is also Ayurveda, which is also very similar. So Viana, the location is originating from the heart, distributed throughout. This movement is outward, like the circulatory process. It's related to the circulatory system, nervous system, and cardiac system. When this area is balanced, you have a healthy heart, circulation, and balanced nerves. So there's a lot I can talk about here. But the whole reason I wanted to look at that breakdown with you is because if you're interested in basic energy awareness and you're interested in trying to, let's say, sort out what feelings happen before the gut feeling, right? Something I spoke about last time. It's a really good idea to just feel out the direction of the energy in your system. And please keep in mind, this is not chakras. This is something different. And if you have any questions about that, I'm happy to answer them. Just send an email, hungryforapplespodcast at gmail.com. When we start paying attention to how our body functions and then we realize the different things out there in life that cause different sensations to start to happen, for many people that are energy sensitive, highly energy sensitive like me, this will help you calm the area. And what I mean by that is you'll 
most likely do less, spend less time processing what things are causing you to feel whatever the sensation is. And for some of you out there where that's confusing, and let me just put it to you this way. Some people can feel a pin drop in their apartment. I don't think they want to actually feel it. You know what I'm saying? This wasn't a goal for them. But that is something where I, I feel like people can really get a handle of how physically sensitive they actually are and realize which thing is causing that to happen. So are you feeling the pin drop? Or are you just so acutely hearing it that you're surprised? Just an example. So next time you are trying to sort out what energy is bugging you in some way, just notice how that's happening. Notice if you are thinking about it, if your heart is fluttering, if maybe you're having trouble breathing or you can't really take a deep breath or you can't relax your lower abdomen or your belly or whatever you want to call that area. These are going to be signs for you to notice. So next time you're in a, let's say a restaurant and you notice that something physically shifted within you, but you're just sitting there having your di dinner with your love, right? Somebody else in the room might be having a problem, you know? This doesn't mean that you're having a problem, and it doesn't mean you have to do anything about that problem. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a really good time with such a big shift in the way people are functioning and the way people are becoming more and more energy sensitive this is a really good time for you to get a handle on this. And, you know, when you're confused, make sure you have something that you can do. Like, I like to drink a whole glass of water. I like to put ice on my face. Like, I have a big ice cube thing that I use. I like to shake my body completely. But, you know, the thing that I'm doing every single day would be getting on the yoga mat. So, if you have questions on how to create a practice for yourself or how to more easily assess which part of the body needs addressing or something like that, let me know. Send me an email, okay? Just make sure that if it's your heart fluttering and all that kind of stuff, that you're sure that you don't have a medical thing that you need to look into because nothing spiritual is going to take that away you have to get a hold of that mundane thing. I'm calling it mundane only because it's not spiritual. I know that it's not mundane because they're very, very hard to deal with, especially a heart issue, um, just so you know. But you have to get a handle on what that is in order to sort out these other things. Otherwise, it's just more work and it's not the most comfortable work. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Again, let me know if you have any questions or suggestions at the email, hungryforapplespodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for being here. Bye.
All right, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider a small donation over at patreon.com backslash Farron. And feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N. Or if you have any questions, check out my website, Farron.me. You can contact me there. You can see my class schedule and upcoming events. Again, you've been listening to Hungry for Apples with your host, Farron. I'm just feeling it out. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.